Welcome to the Game Master's Journal. I'm Che Webster, and these are my audio notes, recorded here and there between my gaming sessions. Assembled into a rough edit, these notes form a raw and rough journal, but it's not everyone's cup of tea. You have been warned. Alfred here. I uh, just wanted to call in and uh, apologise in a way because uh, the message I left last time wasn't very clear, didn't get my point across very well. Um, what I was saying is I'm quite an emotional person uh, and I get into these podcasts. I sort of have a, a attachment to the, the people that are doing a podcast and when I'm hearing um, the podcasters a bit down, it does have an effect on me. Um, I think draining is maybe... A little bit over the top but yeah it does have an effect on me it makes me think for a few days hope they're okay and hope they're doing well and hope they're enjoying their gaming so i thought i'd just call in and explain that um so i don't want you to censor your podcast in any way keep up the good work um i just wanted to really say that i think you has been a lot more positive and it was good to hear so um yeah that was just it i just wanted to explain myself a bit better Hey, Arfed, thanks for calling in. Really good to hear from you, and, and thank you for the message. It really wasn't a need to apologise. I'm, I'm not particularly upset or anything. Your original message did make me think a little bit about the level of positivity that I'm putting out there, and I always want to put more positivity out there, but I didn't really see it as a criticism per se. But it is really nice of you to call in, and um, maybe I wonder if we don't have something in common. In fact, I wonder if quite a few of the anchorites have something in common um, I feel like there's a lot of empathy, you know, wherein people do feel with each other and for each other very deeply. And I really like that. And it really touches me in a lot of different ways. Um, and this week I've, I've listened to Spencer and I felt his emotion and I've heard John Large talking about anxiety on Spencer's show and I heard Spike Pitts getting angry and frustrated about something going on in the community. And I, the list goes on. I, I really could list lots and lots of cases where we are emotionally invested, not in just in our hobby, but in each other. And I really appreciate that. So, um, yeah, thanks for calling in, man. I really respect that. And I really like that. I really enjoyed that. Um, you took the time to um, yeah reach out again. All the best, man. Uh, one last thing, um, just wanted to say how much I enjoyed your interview with um, Dave from Deep Percentile. Um, when the anchorites get together and do their interviews, I think they're some of the best episodes out there. Um, so um, I know it's quite hard to schedule, etc., but I'm hoping that yourself and other anchorites get around to doing some more interviews. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to some more of them in the future, hopefully. Take care. Hey Che, nice interview with Mr Aldridge, thoroughly enjoyed it and I need to applaud you on your perseverance with Anchor, uh, I've had my fill of it um, trying to do uh, interviews and pretty much the same with Discord, if I ever get back to the interviews and I dare say I will, I'm going to have to try something else because um, it's so much work trying to salvage all that stuff. But I'm glad you did it. I thought it was very cool. And listen, man, uh, anytime, 
you you want to get together throw down a bit of a recording I'm definitely up for it I can persevere if it means we can get an episode out for uh, Roleplay Rescue just let me know man catch you later so two lovely messages there one from Arfed and one from Colin Spike Pit Green I almost call him Spike Pit again and I, I kind of think I ought to call him by name Colin as it's his name Anyway, two lovely messages there on the subject of Dave's recent um, episode and his fantastic interview. Um, thanks, guys. Really appreciated that. It was a little bit of work to edit, um, simply because, you know, the Anchor app was what we had to resort to. And, uh, yeah, it was tricky. But I do think it was worth the effort. Um, I've got another one I need to work on. Um, it's very long. It's monstrously long. Two hours of recording. Um, but... Um, yeah, I, I do feel like they're worth doing, and um, I want to keep doing them. And Colin, yes, uh, shall we pretend that we haven't already arranged a date, and I'll just say, hey, brilliant idea, let's try and arrange something. Because, you know, we've kind of maybe penciled something in the diary. So, yeah, thanks, man, for volunteering. It's fantastic. I I don't like asking people very much. So if there's anyone else, feel free to join Colin in shouting out and let me know, because I'd love to have you on the show. I just love talking to people about a hobby. Game on. Hi, Jay. It's Liren from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. I am finally catching up on your interview with Dave Aldridge from D Percentile. And, you know, so much of what you guys are saying is ringing true to me. So as someone who considers myself a newbie to gaming... It's not that I haven't written a lot because, you know, the the partnered writing that I've done has just been with one other person. But I find that when I'm playing role-playing games, like when I was at Dexcon with my husband, I'm sitting around the table. And at character creation, I don't have... One of the things I think experience gives you is a real sense of the tropes, right? Like you, you... I think people often develop preconceived notions about things, well, like anything that they don't realize they've even developed. So if they're talking about a cleric, in their mind, that cleric has a lot of traits they don't have to say out loud. I'm hoping I don't pull too many Jacksons on you here, but I'm going to continue. So when I think of a cleric, having read the body of work that I've read and done a lot of creative writing that wasn't bounded by like a knowledge of a of a foundation of, say, D&D, a cleric means, probably means broader things to me in that I'm probably applying a lot more of my present-day knowledge of how that applies to people than they are because they're, to them, you know, they have those building blocks, right, of definitions of things. So it's an interesting thing to me because I feel so intimidated at that point. Monday night, we were creating characters for a game my husband is running, and it's not that. It's actually a space exploration game, and I still find myself sitting there thinking I don't have that experiential foundation of creating characters, of thinking about the mechanisms in a story of moving plot forward in the same way as you do in a role-playing game. So, Having been to that con, I think one of the things I loved, I mean, I really love about role-playing games, especially the narrative kind that my husband plays and and that I played in at the indie uh, game explosion section of that con, 
is that it's about storytelling, but it's about this fascinating kind of collaborative storytelling that is different than even just writing with one other person back and forth, because the people that I'm writing with back and forth, most of them don't have the experience of sitting at a table and playing those games. So it's in a different infrastructure, if that makes sense. So one of the things that I hope comes with experience for me is just the ability to conceptualize much more quickly what the possible moving parts are in a story. Because this is what I see people doing who've been gaming for years, and all of the people that are gaming in that Monday night game are have been gaming for like at least 10 years, I believe. I mean, they're, they seem to be very seasoned and very quick to have ideas. And well, whereas I find myself sitting back, listening to everything they're saying and going, huh, what could I do that would fill in a blank or flesh out a part or, or, you know, fit in the team in a way that isn't copying someone else or so anyway I guess I'm listening to you guys talk and I'm thinking to myself that right there to me is a big difference between someone who's new to gaming and someone who's done a lot of it so I would say pre-gen characters are very helpful lovely to hear from you Liren thank you for your call in and uh, yeah pulling a four-part Jackson lovely uh quad Jackson I don't know it's certainly, with my reply now, going to be probably longer than the average Spencer episode of Keep Off the Borderlands, so that's good. <laughs> Sorry, Spencer. Um, all right, yeah, I, I I think I kind of follow what you're saying, and um, I just thought it was an interesting sort of series of, of thoughts. Um, I haven't really realised just how much we, as experienced gamers, probably do take for granted. Um, I am, you know, very lucky with who I game with. And I guess when I sit down with uh, the school kids and I'm running a game for them, I do take my time to sort of introduce them to the tropes. And I think playing a really old game like D&D BX from 1981 or Beck Me from 1983, um, that really helps. There's very little in terms of moving parts for them to worry about. They can kind of conceptualize fighter, cleric or magic user and thief um, and there's not a lot to grasp beyond oh yeah I'm sort of got these basic abilities and um, I think that's handy I think that where I'm at in my hobby obviously wanting to play a game that has potentially an infinite number of moving parts to it uh, with GURPS it, it is a very different kind of ballpark but I feel like I've almost come full circle uh, I almost feel like I've come to the point where I, I'm playing a game which is designed to allow me to do anything I want and isn't worried about tropes is more concerned with helping a person build the thing they want to build and so you sort of start as a fiction writer what do I want who do I want to play what kind of character do I want to play and now how do I express that with the rules anyway I don't know maybe I'm just burbling but thank you for your call in Liren it is fantastic to hear from you and from everybody else it's been so many calling this week and there's still more to come Hi Jay, just a quick comment. I'm listening to you talking and your response to Liren about mastery. I don't actually think there is uh, two different meanings going on there. I think it all comes back to control. So when you're talking about expertise, I think it's the developing the expertise that gives you control of a system. So when you talk about system mastery, to me that is 
you have control of the system, you've got full control. Traditionally, that would be like the game's master. He maybe has got control of the session, control of the system. To me, mastery equates to control. Don't know what you think about that. Anyway, that's my tuppence worth. Laters. Thanks, Colin. All right, I had to think about that one. I uh, I initially kind of disagreed with you. Um, I feel very much like control is not a word that I want to use at my table very much. Um, I don't like the idea of being controlling. Um, but then what I did is I um, I went online actually and uh, just quickly pulled up some definitions and. Um, it was interesting to notice that a synonym for um, mastery is control. The power to influence or direct people's behavior or the course of events. Um, and then you've got the verb determining the behavior or supervise the running of. Um, so that's really interesting because I hadn't thought about it in those terms I'm thinking more in the terms of having, you know, great skill or proficiency um, and acquiring, I guess, you know, complete knowledge or skill in the subject as well. But, of course, at the bottom of that definition of mastery that I just read is also gain control of, overcome. So, I don't know. I, uh, I just thought it was really interesting. And I thank you for your call and your thoughts. Um... Am I seeking to control? Or is it just about being in control in the sense of feeling confident? Competent? Confident? Both? Um, I don't know. Much to ponder. But thanks, Colin. Great stuff, really. I just love this whole call-in thing. So, guys, please do keep calling in. It's what makes Anchor special. Sunday morning I just wanted to make a quick note of the fact that I had a really nice email from Tamo who used to game with me on Saturday nights online asking if we were thinking about getting back online and uh, that was really nice and he's noted he's listening to the podcast it seems hi Tamo um, and appears to be uh, interested in GURPS too so I replied I've uh, suggested maybe we could do the uh, campaign in uh, online as well, you know, the campaign in Palantir up online. Um, but, you know, GURPS, we could do anything really. And I think there is a downloadable GURPS um, uh, what's the word? package that can automate quite a few things in Fancy Ground. So, yeah, that's nice. It's a good thought. And uh, oh, as long as it's not extra work, I guess it's fine. So, yeah, that was really nice this morning. Um, just as an aside, I've also this morning got up early. Last night, I was a little bit down, actually. So I, I sat down and I started reading through GURPS Atlantis. I uh, read the first chapter of that last night and this morning and uh, really enjoying it. And again, reminded me of the richness of the GURPS books. Guys, if you haven't come across any of the more historical GURPS books... Um, as well as some of the less historical ones like Curse Atlantis, they are very good sources of sort of beginning knowledge, if you like, a good starting point. And um, I particularly recommend the Greek and Roman one, and there's a cool Middle Ages one, and there's a really good Vikings one as well. 
they they do a good job of introducing you to the history of things and the various different kind of um theories around each period and then obviously take you into how fiction has interpreted those things and then finally on into how rpgs have done that and some suggestions and each book usually has at least one suggested sort of campaign setting um, idea and basis which is really good so i enjoy reading them and i think they're good value anyway i digress massively and i better get on with the um the ironing <laughs> game on All right, so it's Tuesday, and um, it's been a busy couple of days, but not with gaming so much as with podcasting. I've been putting together a couple of episodes ready for uh, play while I'm away. I um, I need an episode for this Saturday, and I need an episode for next Saturday because Deb and I are away to the Lake District uh, next week for a bit of a break, which is going to be lovely. And so I'm not going to be away and not able to do a lot in the way of recording. I've not been doing a lot of gaming either. I I did an episode um, talking a little bit more about solo gaming, which is coming up. And from that, it's got me thinking a little bit more about my solo gaming and what I want to do. And I have to admit, I I feel like I want to diverge away from fantasy a little bit. I mean, I probably won't, but I feel that today at least (laughs) and yesterday. I spent some time reading GURPS Atlantis, which has been a fantastic read, and I read through GURPS Camelot as well, both brilliant source books, really quite inspiring stuff. Um, and I'm going to have a look through Celtic Myth, and you'll notice there that the, the, there's an overlap of themes, isn't there? There's a lot of fantasy in there, really. Um, but I, I really don't know what to do. I kind of want to go and do some solo gaming. I certainly want to try out um, a mythic Game Master emulated deck, and I know that Ryotis keeps bugging me to let him know what it's like. I need to actually use it, man. Um, so I don't know. I really don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do something. Maybe I just have to sort of pick something and do a quick game and, and not worry too much about whether anything has legs, because in my experience, <laughs> a lot of what I do doesn't have a lot of legs. Anyway, um, I just wanted to check in. I also wanted to say hi to everybody and let you know that I'm still alive and at least there might be some content on this GM's Journal episode for this week. God, that sounds really meta. It's Wednesday morning and I'm feeling a bit uninspired. I feel like I want to uh, develop a solo game for myself. I can't even decide on genre right now. So what I've done is I've grabbed my StoryForge deck this is 88 cards that kind of, um, they're designed really to help with writer's block, but they do sell um, at GMs. Um, anyway, I've picked out one of the spreads in the booklet is the character quick pick. Whilst I could go for the full character development, the character quick fit, uh, quick pick, sorry, is primarily designed for designing NPCs, but I just want a quick idea for a character, suggestion for a character, if you like. So I'm going to, it's only got like six, seven cards, seven cards. So I'm just going to um, see what I come up with, really. See if it inspires me, nudges me. Doesn't matter if it doesn't. It's like a fun little game anyway, isn't it? So going to draw the first card. And uh, it's going to go into a spread, a bit like tarot cards. And this first card goes in the centre of a sort of a cross. And it represents the character's base nature. I've drawn the outsider. The notes say, some people just don't belong. Whether it's a club, profession, tribe, or culture, the person is clearly not included or welcome. <laughs> Suits me. 
Okay, so the carriage is base, na base nature, the outsider. Interesting, okay. Second card, the influence of the universe. Influence of the universe is stasis. Time stands still, or could at least seems to. Could be a literal stoppage of time's passage, horrible boredom, or just a moment of su such intense clarity that it feels like it takes. Is this sure this isn't me? It's <laughs> kind of how it feels today. Okay, so influence of the universe, stasis. Um, right, his or her Achilles heel is the third card, goes beneath. By the way, that one went above. Uh, this one goes beneath. The protagonist. His or her Achilles heel is the protagonist. The main character's destiny, welfare, interest, or fate are of utmost importance. Interesting, I'm going to... So I guess their, their destiny is their Achilles heel. Hmm. Or welfare, interest, or fate. Okay, I, I don't really understand that yet, but okay. Four, the influence of family and or friends. This goes to the left of the uh, <clears throat> central card. Imbalance. The influence of family or friends is imbalance. Okay, forces or influences are not in equilibrium. One element overpowers another, creating an unstable, chaotic, or even dangerous situation. Okay. Uh, the fifth card is character's driving passion. Um, I've drawn self-defeat. It is not external opposition that causes one to fail. It is his or her own weakness or other internal flaws. Right. This really is sounding like me. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, six, so, so going that one to the right of this cross. So now going further right. Uh, up right we have the character's destiny. Demolition. Though something important is destroyed, the loss clears the way for something new. Okay. <clears throat> Interesting. Destiny, demolition. And then what stands between them and their destiny? This crosses the uh, destiny card and is the last in the spread. Um, so the goal. What stands between them and the destiny? The goal. The goal is clearly in sight, either literally or within one's mind. That's interesting. Okay, so that's what I've drawn. I have to admit there are some immediate little things that I... I don't know, I feel like I you know, want to fiddle with this. Which I guess you're allowed to do. Right. Thoughts. I'm starting to wonder if I've got a time travel character here, or some kind of time travel story going on. Um, so, let's try and interpret this. I've got an outsider, someone who doesn't fit in, in within a story. There you go, time traveller. Um, now, time stands still, or, could, or seem to, it could be a literal stoppage of time's passage. This is the uh, influence of the universe. Um... Now the opposite of that card is time, and I'm wondering if I if I switch that the influence of the universe on the time side it says time is of the utmost importance whether it is the ticking of a bomb the passage of hours years or centuries or millennia, and I'm kind of inspired by that I'm I'm thinking stasis right now, and of course, if we go for a time travel story that could be kind of interesting. Um, so the Achilles heel is self-defeat 
internal flaws, their own weakness. Um, imbalance is the influence of family and friends. Things could be chaotic. Um, I'm just repeating the cards again, aren't I? As I think. Yeah. Um, five is driving passion, self-defeat. The other side of that is the antagonist. But um, so it's not internal, uh, external opposition that causes it. It's the only internal weakness or other internal flaws in some way. Um, and then we've got demolition. Something important is destroyed. The loss clears away for something new. I'm kind of thinking, like, if it, we have here a character who's going to travel through time and basically is going to lose everything that they had in the past, um, and who is going to... Um, essentially, what stands between them and their destiny is a goal. And actually, I mean, it might be kind of like literally kind of understanding what to do. Like, I don't know, so we have a character who is sort of cut adrift um, in time, who's coming from a kind of unstable situation, um, who is internally flawed, is, is one of those kind of perhaps cowardly or, you know, a character who would, you know, has internal flaws and weaknesses. I'm not quite sure what yet. Um... essentially is kind of destined this is the thing that's going to, like the thing that's causing them is a sort of a destiny involved here um so i'm immediately reminded of, of stores of stories like um stephen donaldson's uh, you know lord fowl's bane i can't remember the took the chronicles of thomas covenant which by the way i've never read because i can't get past one particular scene in the first book however um, the idea of a character who kind of like is cut adrift um, and who from their own time, you know, is perhaps considered weak and, and, and feeble and unable to, to do stuff, but who becomes something more is a quite appealing idea, I suppose. I don't know, going to let that noodle around my head. Time travel stories always intrigue me. Um, so maybe. Hmm. All right, so following the character thing, I actually went and did a Once Upon a Time spread, which is about setting a story in motion. Um, and I have a protagonist before the story, where the card is fear. I have the status quo, black sheep, which I kind of think is interesting. Um, what makes the situation unstable is crime. What makes him or her resist getting involved is infamy. It always makes me think of that line from Carry On. Infamy, infamy. They've all got it infamy. Um, what overcomes the resistance is wrath. Quite like that. What propels the protagonist into action, the card is adrift. And I'm just immediately brought back to that idea of, again, travel or being cut loose, you know, time travel, dimensional travel, something. Um... What propels the protagonist into action? The wolf, which is interesting. Sometimes the monster is cloaked in a perfectly mundane guise, easily mistaken for one of the sheep. That doesn't make it any less repulsive or dangerous. Not quite sure what to do with that, but it's interesting what propels 
is adrift and the direction is towards the wharf. And then the apparent goal is obliviousness. The truth is missed, refused or ignored no matter how much dramatically, how dramatically it is revealed. It's kind of interesting. Sort of apparent goal right now is to deny the truth. Uh, okay. Um, I still feel like I might have some kind of traveller story in mind, you know, as in a someone going from one situation to another that quite dramatically. Um, and I feel very much like time, which is weird because I've not really done that much. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I'm going to do anything with this, but it was fun to play with the cards. Hmm. Right then, it's Wednesday about 11 o'clock. I've just um, spent some time this morning putting together a uh, solo game, really, or at least a solo character for a game. I do this a lot. I kind of sit down and, and kind of work up a character and then don't necessarily follow through on the game very well. But um, I'd like to do that. I'm still on holiday. I've got a couple of days before we go away next week and I've got a week after I get back. So there is time for me to enjoy this in amongst prepping for my fantasy game and I'm feeling a little demotivated about being a GM and wanting just to sort of play a bit anyway um, I used those cards earlier to um, inspire some thoughts and that led to a few other things in, in short I was rummaging around upstairs in the in the hobby room and I came across a copy of um, the alternative supplement tangents which is basically about parallel world games and i suddenly something kind of clicked in me I've always really loved since I came across this idea really um, many years ago and Tangents is from 1999 it's a really great little book so I grabbed it out and then sort of thinking about it I um, decided I'd really like to play a kind of parallel universe game so I then grabbed GURPS Rogue's book off the shelf and I used the Tramp template in there uh, inspired by those cards from earlier a sort of outcast character and went with the tramp template and the long and short of it is if you want to read all the details I've actually made the notes and I intend to post those up on my blog they could already be up there by the time you hear this um, that's ubiquitousrat.net um, but uh, I I kind of decided he was an ex-smuggler and I used a few things off the smuggler template out of the book as well and yeah built a really nice like rounded character whom I have named James Morrow and whom I aim this afternoon to start gaming with. So uh, that's the plan. But right now, it, although it's only just gone 11, I'm hungry and I'm going to have some lunch. So take a break. <laughs> but now I, I feel good about that and I feel kind of inspired. And it took a bit of time to build a character with the GURPS rules, as it usually does. But it's a rounded character, a really good idea. And um, yeah. If I get these up online over the next day or two, please do check them out. Game on. Quick, not so random thought. I uh, sat down this afternoon and um, I dug out GURPS Infinite Worlds, the source book for sort of cross-dimensional parallel world gaming using GURPS, which is really the core and default, default uh, sort of setting, if there is such a thing for GURPS. And... Um, it's amazing, really, how different things spur, spark um, other ideas and spur on your creativity. Um, I feared I was going down a bit of a rabbit hole like Solo, but that's far from the truth. As soon as I start to think about it, um, 
the idea of there being kind of parachronic gateways that lead from my fantasy world to other worlds and from other worlds to my fantasy world is brilliant and um, makes me wonder now how can I fit my Kovnir into the greater kind of setting and I'm quite keen to do that and quite willing to do that I think so yeah random thought on how one thing kind of leads to another suddenly start imagining you know these kind of like forlorn gateways that you know can be activated and lead elsewhere and you know leaving that up to the players leaving them to choose if they step through that gateway is that's just absolutely fine by me um and also of course i'm open to the idea that characters could come from other places so yeah i'm i'm not closing my mind on this yeah i'm i'm kind of excited by that i find myself wondering what the possibilities are and of course they are essentially infinite All right, so it's Thursday morning. Um, I've uh, been poddling around a little bit this morning, listening to podcasts and stuff, and then I decided to sit down and try playing with James Morrow, doing a bit of solo gaming, really. Um, and I decided to experiment with the Mythic um, deck, the Game, em- Game Master Emulator deck, and I think this is kind of nice. I've had a look at it in a bit more detail this morning. My initial concern was actually that a simple stupid thing, but that the the Mythic deck actually has the Mythic M logo on it on each back of each card, and I was worried that you know if all the yeses were a certain way up and all that because the cards like the back has um, two halves and essentially there's two results on each card, um, and depending on whether they are you know reversed or not. And um, I was worried that you know obviously the cards would be like all the yeses would be a certain way up, or and that obviously isn't the case. So thank God for that um, bit of design. And you are encouraged to shuffle the deck and 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 move the cards around. So I'm pretty much going to ignore the back. I suppose it's um, slightly distracting to me, but I don't know why. Anyway, one of the things I really quite like about the Mythic deck uh, is it's essentially removing a lot of die rolling. I like card decks, and I'd I'd moved away from using Mythic a lot because I, I preferred the Game Master Apprentice deck, and uh, it's got a built-in um, question-answer kind of system. But um, I actually want to try this out today, uh, simply because I think the Mythic deck goes a step further. So in my um, kind of usual examples of talking about Mythic, I just kind of keep to the fake questions, the yes-no kind of questions, and um, kind of keep it simple. But... There is actually an expansion, um, Mythic Variations, and there's Mythic Variations too as well. It introduced some different types of questions, and all of those are brought onto this, well, a lot of that is brought onto this deck. So there are actually four types of questions that are available on the deck. So you've got the fake questions, the yes, no. But you've also got event questions, which are um, put onto the deck. That's actually from originally Mythic. But then additionally, you've got action questions and description questions, which is kind of cool. And what it does is it... Uh, you pull a couple of cards and you kind of throw up a couple of words and work with that. And that's kind of cool because that's kind of um, adding some of the functionality that I was using from the GM Apprentice deck but combining it with the kind of full Mythic deck. Um, I'm not sure yet whether I'm going to just stick with my GM Apprentice or whether I'm actually going to like the Mythic deck but I thought I'd better play with it and try it and see how it goes really. In this game I'm going to keep my GM Apprentice deck on hand because it has got a lot of things on it that actually aren't in a Mythic deck. For example, there's like uh, names on cards and belongings. Um, and there are various other bits and pieces, little bits of description that are kind of cool. And I think it's useful to have that kind of random generator on hand. So I like those. Um, 
But hey, we'll see how it goes with uh, the Mythic deck today. Um, um, one other thing to say is that I, I really have discovered that whilst I can record my solo games, I'm, I'm not so comfortable doing so. And I found I'm actually a lot happier, I think, typing them um, using... Uh, well, I've got one of my iPads and I use Scrivener, uh, actually, just to type up my notes. And then I can put them into my blog. And I, I feel in a lot of ways much more comfortable with that. I think the long pauses when I'm gaming and the dice rolling and the umming and the erring and the talking to myself and all those kinds of things, I feel less comfortable sharing that um, audio. And um, so for the moment, I think I'm just going to do this. I'm going to type it up and put it on my blog, which I think is a great place for solo reports. And if you're interested, um, hop over to ubiquitousrat.net and uh, check it out there. Anyway, I better get on with my game. Alright, just been playing through the uh, solo opening scenes of my uh, game and it's been fun actually, really enjoyed it, really good and the Mythic deck is great actually, really works well um, so I've enjoyed that Of course these things, solo games always take longer than I expect them to and uh, I guess that doesn't really matter because if you're just gaming on your own you just, you know, kind of work at your own pace, don't you? There's a certain amount of me checking on a few bits and bobs in the rules because I'm still learning them. But um, and it's partly to do with the crunchier rule set and partly to do with me learning. And I think that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to master and learn this rule set, so that's great. It's really good fun and um, a few surprises in there for me during it. So I'm going to... Uh, I kind of typed up the uh, notes as I was going, so I'm going to post those up over the next day or so onto my blog. Um, but yeah, I had a good time. I've got to stop because I need to eat... Um, it's about 12.30, I need to eat, and um, I've also got a, a, an optician appointment, so I need to sort of get out for that. And after that, I need to pop by the doctor to just pick up prescriptions, so it's kind of it's kind of busy afternoon, or early afternoon anyway. Um, but hey, I don't know when I'll get to game again, but that was cool, I really enjoyed it. And uh, poor old James, he's uh, <laughs> my character, he's, um, yeah, <laughs> well... <laughs> down the rabbit hole I guess hey it's Friday morning feeling a little low this morning we had one of our pet rats Nopi died last night and uh, that always takes a toll um, but I sat down this morning and I really didn't want to do anything actually but I did sit down and I worked a little bit on um, the one of the locations in my campaign um, and I, a little bit of research around as well. I was trying to put together a um, sort of wandering monster table for wilderness, and um, it kind of occurred to me that, uh, you know, one of my great fears with GURPS and transferring to GURPS has been like finding monsters. And obviously, um, the Dungeon Fantasy uh, role playing game provides a nice selection of creatures for the dungeon, and several of those could be imported into a wilderness as well. And then if you go into GURPS Dungeon Fantasy, there's actually a few creatures in the Dungeons, uh, Dungeon Fantasy 2 uh, Dungeons booklet. And there's also uh, Monsters 1 that I've got, which contains some more creatures, which is great. But what I hadn't really banked on, and, and I guess this is stupid of me, but it's just the sheer amount of resources that are available online. Um, so one particular site, for example, I found, which is called uh, Generic Universal Eggplant, um, this particular blog, this guy is uh, basically seems to be systematically working through the 
Monster Manual 3.5 and converting those creatures to GURPS. Which is great because there's loads of stuff. So all I've really got to do is kind of port across the things that I want on things that I want and need um, from places like that. And it just sort of one of those things, I guess, is that remembering that out there online, there's probably somebody somewhere has probably done something, if not exactly what you want, very close to what you want, that you can just tweak and use in your game. And um, I think I tend to forget this. It's really stupid of me, but there you go. Um, and yeah, that's been quite reassuring today because although it's going to take a little bit of time to kind of codify and do things the way I want to do them, um, it's um, you know it's encouraging to know there's a lot of stuff already done I can just grab really and try and use. And obviously you can tweak things over time. So that's what I'll be doing. In terms of turning GURP stats into things that I like, I like uh, quick reference cards at the table. So one of the things I have done in the past and I think I'm going to do again is uh, you can buy these kind of like um, printable uh, cards, uh, index card size uh, sheets. You kind of get four on an A4 page um, here in the UK. Um, and um, I, I tend to buy packs of these and then print off cards, one card for each of my creature types, really. Um, and because I've done this before with GURPS, I think with Dungeon Fantasy, when I played the game at school, I transferred a few stats out of the monsters book onto some cards, so I actually already have a framework for that. Uh, all I've really got to do is sit and just sort of input stats, so um, that's not a problem. I think I might just set myself the task of sitting down maybe daily or something, or at least a few times a week, and just doing a sheet of four, you know, four creatures, another four creatures, here's another four creatures. Um, and I very quickly build up a kind of, uh, you know, kind of, portfolio of those which is really easy so while I can refer to their original source uh, whether it be the book or whatever I quite like having just the card at the table it makes life very easy for me um, and a sort of a generic tracker for I usually do on a bit of paper I should just track hit points and and such so yeah it's been good it's been encouraging in some ways to sit down and do that this morning it's um nothing too stressful I suppose um I'm aware that I'm not doing a lot actually this week. I, I've not. I mean, I've been I've been solo gaming, which has been a lot of fun, but eats up a lot of time, I guess. On the other hand, but I've not done anything really much for my campaign, and I felt um, a bit low about it actually in some ways. But I think I needed a breather. I think I just needed a few days sort of break, and um, I'm going to continue that today. I'm going to do a little bit of reading. I think today I feel like in a reedy mood. I tend to feel reedy when I'm sad. <laughs> Um, I guess I port back to my books. But yeah, I I guess I needed a break. And then basically this weekend, Deb is on holiday this week coming. And we are planning to go away to the Lake District. Um, and we have uh, a couple of days, about three days away, two nights in a, a B&B up there. Just a short break. Deb wanted a kind of long weekend uh, each end before returning to work, um, which is kind of cool. And uh, yeah, we, we a couple of things that we're looking forward to up there. We are going walking with wolves um, and we are hopefully going a little bit of hiking. Not that we're hugely energetic, but you know what I mean. And I'm looking forward to that. But of course, you know, that will mean less time for hobby and, uh, you know, just some time together. So a little bit of a holiday coming, I guess. Sounds good to me. Game on. It's Saturday morning and I just wanted to record a few thoughts. I got up very early as usual <laughs> this morning at about, I don't know, just after five. 
And my intention when I got up was to sort of get into, you know, my um, space, my bliss station, and to write. Um, I was feeling quite inspired this morning. I've been reading GURPS Religion, and reading that reminded me of a lot of reasons why I love building fantasy worlds, especially, because um, religious belief, religious practices, deities and gods, and all that sort of stuff that I actually love and which comes from my day job, and which I... You know, it comes from my own genuine fascination with things spiritual and things religious. That stuff, obviously, can be poured out in spades into a fantasy game. And, um, yeah, I've been focused a lot on what I needed to do to get my campaign ready. And I'd completely sort of forgotten about or pushed aside the things that I love doing, you know, in terms of creation. And I think that's a mistake. I think it's really important to, you know, sometimes just grab and do a bit of development and writing or something that actually interests you and you actually love and enjoy not just because it's needed for next session or whatever and I guess that's probably the biggest hesitation I have about all of this kind of like minimum prep last minute prep kind of approach to GMing which I fully understand and in a lot of ways have sort of moved towards but I do think if you've got time and you're feeling inspired then absolutely you need to sit down and write of course I completely failed to do that this morning because I allowed myself to get completely distracted by social media and ended up spending about an hour, an hour and a quarter just online surfing about, wasting my time really um, and didn't get much writing done and so I'm kicking myself but hey, here's the thing, take a leaf out of Austin Cleon's book again um, I'm just going to keep going I actually get into that space every morning I need to get back to doing that I was doing it really well before the holiday and at the start of the holiday and I let it lapse when I went away to see my folks, and I kind of need to get it back. So, yeah, there's a there's a thing to focus on next week. Anyway, I'm going to stop blithering, and I guess it's time to put together the episode. That's it for another episode. All that's left to wish you is a fond farewell and all the best at your gaming table. My name is Che Webster and this has been a Roleplay Rescue Game Master's Journal episode. See you again next week. Game on. <laughs> I have to laugh. I just got my mail and uh, in the mail came from Steve Jackson Games came the Fantasy Trips Hexagram issue 2 for August 2019 which is a lovely little mag by the way black and white mag for the Fantasy Trip game. Um, it's kind of wide and, and thin. I don't know what size that is actually but it's um, it's great, and um, but in with it, they've shoved some bits and bobs. So I pre-ordered that, and I think the postage was horrendous. Um, there's some, see some Munchkin bits, and uh, Munchkin's one of those games I always forget. I love. Uh, I own the basic game somewhere, um, but they've done loads of stuff. It's really cool. And for starters, I get the official Munchkin cheesy promotional bookmark of power, which is lovely. It comes with rules on the back. Which I love these things from Steve Jackson. But my favourite card I just got was Professor Tesla's electrical protective device patent pending um which is an armor and uh it's for munchkin steampunk and i just mentioned it to deb and she's gone oh i didn't know they'd done munchkin steampunk and you know she's a massive fan of, of steampunky stuff and i also got um uh stuff for munchkin dungeon well i don't know what that is but their cards are huge or quite big they're twice the size of an all munchkin card and i've got warehouse 23 as a, as a location amongst other things which is fab so I don't just love it when a company throws a few freebies in the box or in the bag i love it Anyway, I better stop wittering. This episode's far too long as it is. <laughs>